0: Hello everyone! As a heads up, this episode has been divided into two parts. You are now listening to part two. If you haven't listened to part one yet, please go back and do so before continuing forward. We hope you enjoy. So then, not long, I think still a couple years after they get married, Mm -hmm. Heathcliff comes back, and he's rich! He's rich! And we never find out how. Nope. Nope. We can assume that it was uses not through Heath good Cliff means. Charms. Yep. Somehow. He I'm certain it wasn't Found a way, some sort yeah. of smuggling. If she or... could have
1: just held out a couple more years,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> she would have been fine with whatever it was. So.
1: Yeah, she doesn't. Care.
0: <laughs> and he returns with a vengeance as well. So. <sighs> yeah, the yes. man has one
1: thing on of his uh, on his mind, and it starts with R yes. and ends with revenge <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. and, and that's and it. <laughs> he
0: takes off, and not just—it's against everybody, against Catherine, yeah. against Lint or Edgar, against. Hinley. Hinley, I think, is probably his main focus to start with. Especially
1: to start with. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think he's willing to let the Catherine and Edgar one take long, a long time. But yeah. Hinley, he's like, we're going into this. Yeah. I'm going to work this
1: guy. I think everyone is the more, long game. Like, both yes. families, like, his big takeover and ruin everyone's lives is the long game. But Hinley, it's like, you're going down right now. Yes. <laughs> and I think Hinley's in a
0: more vulnerable position, too. To yeah. Return. Like, he knows he can get to him fast because Henley's wife dies in childbirth, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe just a little bit after giving birth. Yeah, And And also,
1: he kind of needs to take over Henley's position in order to make everything else happen. So it is kind of sequential.
0: Yes, for sure. He's very much thought it out. (laughs) I mean, we're seeing it all from Nellie's perspective, so it's a very biased view. So we don't know exactly what's going through Heathcliff's mind, but with Everything that happens, you kind of get the feeling like he put some thought into this.
1: I don't think he could have. Once you get more into the. If you don't know about what his revenge plot is, as you get more into it, I don't think you could enact something like that without having every step. Even with
0: Henley, he enacts it pretty fast, but it still takes time. Right. He's still working. It's still a
1: slow. And then what he does with Isabella, like mm-hmm. it's planned yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's really planned yeah. out.
0: So I think let's focus on how he treats Henley and Harriton. So Harriton's Henley's son, who he does not treat very well because I think it's kind of a case of Henley blaming Harriton for his wife's death.
1: Yeah Yeah. I would argue yes And cycle of abuse
0: Yes, Henley was not
1: treated well by his father And he doesn't really know anything else He
0: doesn't treat his son very well And then Heathcliff comes in and makes it even worse So it becomes So part of Heathcliff's plan You figure out as you watch Is to gain Hareton's trust but also yeah. tear
1: him down. And yeah, his his part of his revenge against Henley, it's to make Hareton base to make yes. him like as low as Henley made Heathcliff. Yes, or lower. Yes, or lower. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, but does it in a way so that Harrington loves him more than he loves his own dad? Yes, like
0: very manipulative, terrible.
1: It's really awful,
0: psychologically <laughs> abusive.
1: No, like Harrington. Honestly, again. if there's a victim in this novel, it it's Hareton. Her hands down yeah Yeah. and the hero actually really i would consider hareton the victim and the hero of this novel Mm -hmm. (laughs) which we'll get to later uh, yeah Yeah. hareton man he really doesn't seem like that relevant of a character through a lot of it to be honest he's kind of there in the sad part of the revenge plot but then you're like wait a second (laughs) like this guy
0: you think oh he's yeah he's being the worst treated and then he's the one who
1: redeems the highest getting ahead Um, okay I'm too excited oh I love it I
0: love it we'll (laughs) definitely continue to talk about her but his other part of Henley torturing Henley he basically wants to take everything away from Henley yeah
1: Everything and Hindley's so, a drunk, so yes. it's not actually that hard.
0: Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> Hindley's a drunk, but Heathcliff encourages that. Yeah, so he kind of encourages the addiction to for sure more all-encompassing. Right, and then he also encourages gambling addiction mm, to yes. be worse and manipulates. He probably
1: cheats. <laughs> so then Hindley gets in financial trouble, and so then Heathcliff, with his wealth, is able to.
0: By, Wuthering, By Heights.
1: Wuthering Heights, and now he's, he's the master the of the
0: house. Yeah. He's the master of the house. He's taken all of Henley's money as well. Like the money that Heathcliff has is partially what Hinley had that he gambled away hmm. to Heathcliff and then yeah winning over Harriton um, there's this wonderful scene that I think is one of the best moments of seeing that Heathcliff has a tiny bit of a heart yes the tiniest yes. bit the tiny yes like, I love that it's moment it's not amazing but basically hinley's about to murder his own son um, he holds Harriton uh, who's a toddler at the time over the banister and is going to drop him he's drunk and he's going to drop him Nellie's not in a position to save to catch the kid and so he ends up Henley actually does drop him and Heathcliff is there and catches him And it's this moment where Nellie talks about seeing this look on Heathcliff's face like he's disgusted with himself for allowing himself to do that. Like he could have let Henley murder his own son and that would have torn him apart. Yeah. And so he could have allowed that to happen and it would have been enough for his revenge and then he wouldn't have had to deal with this kid. Right. But he saved his life. And yeah, it's this moment where Heathcliff is like, I can't believe I let myself. It's like he's disgusted
1: by yeah. his own humanity.
0: Yep. He's like,
1: <laughs> what? I, I have human this inside this. of me. Yes. I have so- a heart. I have sympathy I and compassion this. for it's this innocent life. So <laughs>
0: fascinating. So fascinating. Uh, that, like we as the uh, reader are like, and Nelly even is like, oh my gosh. He did like, he was disgusted by it, but like,
1: but he did it. He did it. And he actually
0: had some part of him that cared about it. And I think we see that a little bit more towards the end, too. Right. Like, it's this weird... Like, he has this whole revenge plot involving Harriton, but by the end, he kind of loves Harrington. Yeah, I think he does accidentally. He's
1: kind of... And I think that might be part of what makes the revenge die, is Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't... And the
0: cycle of abuse, because I think he kind of has that like part of him is sympathetic because he's like mm. I did to him what it was done to me right. and worse. Right. And he but Recognizes. he's come to like care about Harrington as well and so he feels bad.
1: Yeah. He
0: actually feels bad about it.
1: Yeah. It is and you do going back to the idea of diagnosis, it is interesting to wonder what would cause someone to be disgusted by the idea of like showing kindness to an innocent life yeah. you know like, like the maybe, idea basically yeah like it's yeah you can understand what would drive somebody to revenge like you can understand a lot of Heathcliff's motives but it is harder for me to grasp like why he would want to be to inhumane hangs it so tight. yes yeah. yes exactly it's so true. what causes that what causes the desire to be like that?
0: Yeah. And I wonder if a part of it is kind of a learned ho- helplessness, as far as like he feels like he's probably irredeemable, mm. and he probably has been convinced by Satan basically, right, to believe that he the only way, yeah, he can't come back, and the only way he's going to get any level of satisfaction out of life is if he makes someone else hurt as much as him. Which is how Satan works. That's Satan, yeah, yeah, for sure. Literally how the devil works is he wants to make people as miserable as him.
1: Yeah. And Heathcliff certainly has never been taught differently than that, so he'd yeah. be pretty easy to convince that's that all that's he all he can yeah. do.
0: Especially when everybody in his life is treating him horribly, and the one person who he felt like he could trust and treat betrayed him nicely him. betrayed him, yeah yeah i guess the two people one died and left him right and was easily like was weak in his eyes and then the other one betrayed him
1: yeah yeah Heathcliff is fighting against a lot he's losing his fight but but he is fighting a lot (laughs) he's definitely a
0: lot of it comes down to his own misuse of agency but for sure and manipulating other people's agency yeah. Honestly, he's doing everything he can to make it so other people don't have a choice. Right, like, he's he trying to take like away agency.
1: Heathcliff is like Satan incarnate in this Literally. book. <laughs> Literally. He actually but is. He, has,
0: he still has that slight light of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like you see. Yes, he can't. All of us are born with the light of Christ in us. In the pre earth life, chose to come here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: he fought in the war of heaven (laughs) and he chose. Kept his first estate. Yes.
0: But came here and gave in. Yeah. Interesting. So then, moving, I guess, giving that, Henley does end up passing away from basically yeah. probably his alcohol
1: use honestly and better for Hinley to yeah. be completely honest that dude needed to get out of here yeah. <laughs> he was Did, not happy does he
0: commit suicide i feel like he almost does oh I I, he's gonna kill like, heathcliff at one point i know that
1: i mean yeah he has, is like, violent
0: his gun ready to shoot heathcliff right it's like if he comes through that door right, right now i'd kill him but I think he just drinks himself to
1: death. Yeah, I don't think he commits suicide. I feel like I'd remember.
0: So that's basically End of Henley, what Heathcliff does to him, pretty much. And we end up going let's move on to Catherine and edgar's treatment by heathcliff so he comes back and he has no issue with going over to Thrushcross cross grange and get, getting in the way that's basically. very and odd Catherine actually. doesn't have any re- any issues with it either
1: yep in fact in that speech that we talked about for a while earlier kathy talks about like edgar's gonna have to be okay with heathcliff yes. like Cat- nellie is kind of like um do you think you're gonna get to hang out with heathcliff and kathy's like yeah I I'm gonna it's so a, a deal, me and Heathcliff, <laughs> yeah basically and Heathcliff sees it the same way and so Heathcliff is just like over there and Edgar just kind of has to deal with it
0: yeah yep yeah. and so they have a lot of interactions but it's interesting because Heathcliff also has I wouldn't say he actually even flirts with Isabella I think that was a part of his plan that I don't think it was part of his plan necessarily you don't. I mean maybe
1: you think he just think saw the opportunity kind of and figured this yeah. can this can work.
0: Yes. This could be okay. because he never really pursues her. Like yeah, Isabella just she's just obsessed is kind with him. In him. And once she shows that that's when Heathcliff kind of leads her on a little bit more. Like he's Never really that great at it. That
1: makes me want to go back and reread it and decide if that's his manipulation of her, yeah, or if that, or if he does just kind of go, oh, well, this could work better, yeah, because that's interesting. I think maybe he didn't have a plan going into it. There's
0: like this general manipulation of everybody. Like he's trying to put on this, I'm a rich gentleman now, and you know, you all have to bow down to me. And he's trying to win over. Different people, and I think he also wants to have the in with Catherine still and right. get in the way of that marriage. Yeah, but maybe he doesn't Bellas have a really specific plan to be there. Yeah, and when she starts showing interest in him, he's like, "Okay, this make can this work. work. Yeah, this can work." That's the vibe I get. I don't feel like because mm. there's not really. At least, not that we see. And we're seeing it all from Nellie's perspective. So it's possible there was more that Heathcliff was doing behind the scenes with Isabella right. than we see. But you kind of get the feeling that uh, yeah, he, he doesn't that seek sense. her out no. until she starts showing interest. And right. then he starts seeking her out. Right.
1: But that's where I would wonder like, is that on purpose like does he know Isabella well enough to know like yeah. how he needs to act around her to get her interested in him you know what I that's mean that's fair
0: but I also that feel would like, be like
1: hardcore thought out I'm yeah. just wondering and
0: I'm also like there's not really a lot of options for her so it could have just literally been she's just like oh he's a handsome dude who's right. rich like sweet right and he's like relatively close to my age which i so think nice. is probably yeah. edgar with Catherine too yeah, like, like she's a, like who else am i gonna meet <laughs> they're good looking and yeah it works out and so i kind of get the feeling because i feel like isabel is kind of invisible in a lot of this book. for like, they, sure none of them really think about her for and i feel like he's like wouldn't have really, really thought about her very much hmm. either i think she was just there and then the opportunity arises. But okay. Anyway,
1: that's just interesting yeah. to consider. Then, like what Heathcliff was trying to do before hatching yeah. his whole. I
0: think a lot of it. Plot. I think he was a little more focused on Hindley at that yeah. point. I think part of it was just more like he wants to maybe ruin the marriage between. Catherine yeah. and Edgar. that really could just that's be it. Much it. Like that was his. Because I think
1: he'd be happy the with thing that. is,
0: like he wants revenge on Catherine, but he still loves her in his right. twisted way. Yes. So like I quote unquote
1: think he, loves yeah. yes he was
0: never going to want to like ruin her life on this in the same way as he's ruining him right like, he like, doesn't want to bring her down to nothing to ruin her relationship that ruined their relationship yes that's yes. what he's concerned 100%. about hundred percent and so but yeah when Isabella comes in it's like. Opportunity to do even more damage.
1: Yeah, basically. Again, if you don't know the re- revenge plot, we know this makes absolutely no sense. But yeah. it it's a crazy, complex yes. revenge plot. So yes. we'll get there. It is. But <laughs> it is.
0: So yeah. So anyway, he ends up marrying Isabella in secret. Yeah. And she runs. She runs away with him. Night, and it's super Edgar's dramatic like, and awesome. for letting her back in my house. Basically, yeah. and Catherine's. We see Edgar's Victorian man come out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, Catherine's jealous. Yeah. Of course. And is upset about the situation. And she kind of like asks Heathcliff, Heath, like, what the heck? How could you do this to me? Right. Whatever. And then <laughs> like, Edgar, okay, Catherine. Oh, no. You do this to me. <laughs> and then Edgar comes in and is upset. And it's this big blow up. And. Then Catherine goes to her room and then decides to starve herself out of spite <laughs> towards
1: Edgar and Heathcliff. She's like, if I die, they'll realize how much they love me and yeah, do what I want.
0: <laughs> they'll realize how ridiculous they were. And so, yeah, she oh, starves herself for a few days and Nellie's just like, whatever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, see, the thing is, there's actually no love lost between Nellie and no. Catherine. Like, Nellie actually genuinely doesn't like Catherine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think Catherine's only expectation with Nelly is she wants her attention. Right, Like everybody yeah. else. She like, just wants attention. That's what she
1: values. She's starving herself yeah. for attention. And when we say herself. starving herself, we mean starving herself. Yeah,
0: she's literally not eating or drinking
1: anything. She won't eat or drink. She's trying things. to die mm-hmm. on them. Yes. She's trying to make herself sick.
0: Yes. So that uh-huh. they feel bad for yes. her. And, and she does get yeah. very sick yep. at, in the starvation process. And yep. Edgar doesn't hear about it. And then when he does find out, he's really mad at Nellie yeah. <laughs> for not telling him. Which, I mean, fair enough. What, like she should have said something. Yeah. His wife.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and it makes it worse yeah. because when Nellie is like, yeah, Mr. Linton is just reading in the library, Catherine is like, he doesn't even care about me. <laughs> Loses her mind. Not yeah. <laughs> really. Edgar has no idea. He's just like, okay, hey, you're giving
0: me the silent treatment. I'll right. Back. Like he just thinks they're in the middle of a fight. <laughs> like, Yeah. He doesn't realize how, how bad about. it is. Anyway. So Which,
1: with Catherine, he must be used to. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> especially since Heathcliff has come back so then in the midst of this Isabella actually comes back to the Thrushcross Grange and tells Nellie she's run away from Heathcliff she's realized how awful he is he's been very abusive to her and so you know? she's getting away Catherine is in the middle of starving herself and being really sick and dying and Nellie's like this is really not a good time but Isabella's like don't care, sorry, I, I feel bad, but also, like, I need to get out of the house, can you help me get away? And so they, basically, Isabella ends up running away off to London, so that will come back into play later, yes. because she's definitely not going to be alone for muy- very long, because in approximately nine months, she's going to give birth. <laughs> um, So, Heathcliff, she's pregnant with Heathcliff's child, though, it's not clear if she knows that yet. I'm assuming yeah. not, because I don't think they've been married that long. I think it's only been a couple weeks yeah, since they got married. Yeah, I don't... And she runs away, which I'm like, man, Isabella, for being an invisible person, she's like the one person who gets the heck out of there.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: like she's the she's one like, who She's like, oh, takes it on he's
1: actually to, like, abusive. Bye.
0: Yeah, yeah, so good for her. And like. Is willing as a woman in Victorian society to go try to figure something out because she knows it would be better than what they're doing. That's with intense. Yeah. yeah. Intense, and who knows what she ends up doing. We don't know. You can imagine, probably, her going to London as a single woman with a child. Anyway, so then Nellie ends up going back upstairs, and we have another romantic scene between
1: romantic. <laughs> Quote unquote romantic. Well, <laughs> romantic not. None, unquote, unquote, romantic. Romantic, None of this is love Heathcliff or romantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where, a very
0: passionate scene, I should say, ugh. between Catherine and Now the
1: passion is yes. there. <laughs> yes.
0: So basically, they kind of just yell at each other of being like, how could you do this to me, basically. and That's their way of expressing both, love. They're both betraying each other, and they're both upset, and they're like, please. And, ugh. Oh, Heathcliff has a fabulous line. It took me forever to find this, which I would have cut out, but <laughs> basically he has this they have this very passionate fight discussion like I said, and Heathcliff ends up approaching her and has this quote. He says, "You teach me how now how cruel you've been." cruel and false why did you despise me why did you betray your own heart kathy i have not one word of comfort you deserve this you have killed yourself yes you may kiss me and cry and wring out my kisses and tears they'll blight you they'll damn you you loved me then what right had you to leave me what right answer me for the poor fancy you felt for linton because misery and degradation and death and nothing that god or satan could inflict would have parted us you or your own will did it I have not broken your heart, you have broken it, and in breaking it, you have broken mine. So much the worse for me, that I am strong. Do I want to live? What kind of living will it be when you, oh heavens, would you like to live with your soul in the grave? Which goes back to her saying, "Whatever our souls are made of, his and mine are the same. Where he's like, would you like to live with your soul in the grave? Yeah. And because he's talking about, you know, I'm going to live through this. I'm stronger than you. And so I'm going to make it. But you're going to be dead. And so it will basically be like living with half myself dead. So, yes, very passionate. They end up kissing and kind of awkward for Nellie. <laughs> and uh, then Edgar comes back and finds them because they won't leave each other. And
1: Oh he... Nellie is like, Edgar's coming. You got to go. And Kathy is like, don't go. And Heathcliff is like, I can't go. Yeah
0: sorry <laughs> and then they have this interaction where i can't remember i feel like edgar's just kind of like okay but like you need to go now and so he does leave and then we get to the next chapter which is quite a transition that i think uh cariano would like to this is my favorite
1: bit. this is my favorite chapter <laughs> not actually <laughs> it's just probably the best chapter. <laughs> oh my gosh! I love the drama so much. Tori has seen me slam this book around in so many times because I'm like. Ah! <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah, so I just, I was telling Tori, I have such a vivid memory of the first time I read this chapter, it's the second chapter of, like, volume two of the book, so you have all of this impassioned speaking, and Catherine starving herself, and all of this stuff going on, and it's, like, crazy, and then it starts... About 12 o'clock that night was born the Catherine you saw at Wuthering Heights, a puny seven-month child. And two hours after, the mother died, having never recovered sufficient consciousness to Miss Heathcliff or no Edgar. Period. (laughs) 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 Like, what? What? So Catherine's been pregnant this whole time, starving herself while she's pregnant, and then, like, died after giving birth.
0: Yeah.
1: You didn't even know. And now, like... Catherine, Kathy Linton is here and and Catherine Earnshaw Linton, whatever, is gone. Bam. Yes. It's, it's so. <laughs> I was like, so are you kidding so me?
0: Victorian, I would say. But and works so well for this because like, I mean, there's that Victorian, we don't really talk about it kind of feeling. But mm-hmm. I think there's also this sense of like, they don't care. Like, Catherine's more concerned with other things. Like, that's just kind of a thing that she's dealing with. Yeah.
1: You know? I mean, I would say that Catherine and Heathcliff are both very well-versed in being neglectful.
0: (laughs) Uh Even when she's pregnant, she doesn't, like, that's not on her mind at all. Yeah. Obviously, we're in Nellie's perspective, but I think even Nellie kind of has a little bit of that neglect. Like, she's willing to kind of ignore things. Mm. At times, like, it's not like she really paid that much attention to Catherine and Heathcliff either. So then Mm -hmm. Nellie, after Catherine has passed away, ends up going to tell Heathcliff that she has officially passed away. And Heathcliff's just been standing outside, leaning against a tree all night, just basically waiting. And he has this wonderful bit of dialogue again. And I'm going to have Kariana read it because I can't (sighs) speak tonight. (laughs) So we'll let her do that.
1: All right. He says... May she wake in torment, he cried with frightful vehemence, stamping his foot and groaning in a sudden paroxysm of ungovernable passion. Why, she's a liar to the end. Where is she? Not there. Not in heaven. Not perished. Where? Oh, you said you cared nothing for my sufferings. And I pray one prayer. I repeat it till my tongue stiffens. Catherine Earnshaw, may you not rest as long as I am living. You said I killed you. Haunt me then. The murder do haunt their murderers. I believe. I know that ghosts have wandered on Earth. Be with me always. Take any form. Drive me mad. Only do not leave me in this abyss where I cannot find you. It is unutterable. I cannot live without my life. I cannot live without my soul.
0: So dramatic. All the way through. Love. So much. (laughs) Again, very unhealthy and just people who are just tortured and now edgar who is a very meek and quiet person Mm -hmm. in amongst all these violent people ends up alone as well but he has this daughter and he basically tries to start anew. and this is where we see a lot more of the redemption start to come in yeah i would say where we see edgar like we talked about this earlier, um, Kariana and I did, about how Edgar kind of, I would say Edgar forgives Heathcliff in a way. Like, I, I would say it's a case of forgiving, but also knowing that there's someone who's too dangerous to be around. For like, sure. you're, like, I'm willing to move on and not let it, like, ruin my whole life. Like, he's just more concerned about the loss of his wife than he is about Heathcliff. Right. Like, even, like I said, when he finds Heathcliff with his wife in her dying moments, basically, he kind of, like, he's upset, but he kind of is just, like, just leave. He's like, like
1: my wife is dying. Yeah, just get out just, of here.
0: Like, he's he doesn't take the time to have a big fight about it when he could have. And so you get the feeling that he's willing to just move on. It's like this forgiveness of like, you have done terrible things and I don't really understand you, but like, I'm not going to let that take over my mind yeah. and I'm not going to seek revenge the way you have. Yeah. And so he doesn't, like, he just raises Kathy away from everything, which is probably not the best way to handle things. He's he's
1: imperfect. Yes, I mean, we're, definitely. We, you cannot claim yes. Edgar is a, a perfect individual. He is very flawed. And even, I mean, Nellie says that the, if you don't know, they differentiate by calling young Catherine Kathy and older yes. Catherine mm-hmm. Catherine. So when, when Catherine dies and Kathy is born, Nellie. Uh, refers to Kathy as an orphan because of like Linton's, because of Edgar's grieving, because he just is so wrapped up in in Catherine. And she has an interesting line where she says she noticed how much selfishness there is even in a love like Mister Linton's when he so regretted Catherine's blessed release. It's kind of interesting. It's almost like a comparison to Heathcliff, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like Nelly sees Catherine as a really tortured soul who was better off <laughs> released from this mm-hmm. life and she's like man mr. like mr linton edgar is like selfish enough to wish that she was still here with him when this is better and it's kind of an interesting parallel to heathcliff's obsession with the idea of like catherine staying with him rather than finding rest and peace mm-hmm yeah absolutely that just kind of hit me seeing that line but anyway going back to like yeah Edgar is I think he has more love he has love in his heart rather than hatred he was raised with love rather than Mm -hmm. hatred and it and it shows as he's able to to forgive and move on and just focus on that love and that goodness rather than the pain and the violence
0: yeah his story is really interesting because so in october 2022 there's this really wonderful talk that i think i've referenced in a podcast episode before beauty for ashes by sister Kristen and me and i think this was a really good one to reference in relationship to our conversation about this but it's mostly about forgiveness and learning how to be able to forgive. She talks about how the Savior will grant you the ability to forgive anyone who has mistreated you in any way. The Lord requires us to forgive for our own good, but he does not ask us to do it without his help, his love, his understanding. And I get the feeling, I mean, it's not like Edgar's religious, but you get the feeling that this his sense of love is kind of what he's turning to, which mm-hmm. is what Christ is, is love. And that he's like, he feels like he's in the right for being hurt. But yeah, he's prioritizing love. And he's been given a gift of being able to prioritize love, which is pretty amazing. I would say that's definitely an incredible spiritual gift to have, to prioritize love. And know how to do that and have the strength to do that in the face of so much. I think so often we read this, and for a long time I've been like this too, where you think of, Edgar as a wimp, especially in the face of everybody else. Oh, 100%. But the more I think about it, the more I realize, you know, he's just meek. Like, he just is maybe me- meek and submissive. Things that the world sees as bad yeah. or wimpy. But actually, it shows that he has a great strength, greater strength than any of them, because they all give in to their anger. Right. And they just let he it consume them. them, whereas he's able to fight it off enough to be like, you know... There's yeah. just more important things to worry about, and like he's more concerned about feeling true love for people.
1: Yeah, and maybe we even see that at the beginning, where I mentioned, you know, his his parents dying after Catherine gets them sick, right? And I've thought I've spent a lot of time thinking about that, like. Because it just feels so randomly painful and passed over to me so often, you know, when I'm like, can we stop and kind of focus on this incredibly painful experience that we just move on from? And I've thought a lot about, like, the blame that would be put on Catherine for that, but how it kind of never is, you know, and uh, it's kind of an interesting parallel thinking about the way that Hindley reacts to Hareton with, you know, we talked about like Hindley kind of hating Hareton because of his wife dying in or right after childbirth. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is a common thing that you see, right? Yeah. Like husbands mm-hmm. struggling with, with their kids after their wives die. And uh, it's kind of interesting that Edgar's parents die because of Catherine And yet he continues a relationship. He continues pursuing and courting Catherine and then marries her. You know, it's like there's not any ounce of true blame there. It's not that's not even a consideration for him. He just it's not he doesn't focus on the love that he's lost. He focuses on the love that he has available to him and is able to kind of move on from that.
0: Yeah. And I almost wonder if it maybe increases his sympathy for Catherine where he's like, I understand now that you've had it hard like losing your mother when you were young and not really having your father involved and then losing your father and having your brother take over like I feel like he's like in a position where he's like I get that you've lost a lot and I want to help you because I genuinely do care about you. And so, again, just, like, he feels this deeper, more real love than Heathcliff or Catherine ever could.
1: Right. Yes, he doesn't have to have quotes around his, no. Around his love. No, it's a genuine love. It's genuine. Does it might be misplaced. It? Yeah, <laughs> probably not. But... but it's genuine. So It'd have to be, yes. Oh you know, my heavens. Uh, yes, to put up with all of it, it yes. has to be genuine.
0: And I think that shows, like I said, I think, a lot of people would look at that as he was easily manipulated and uh, yeah. and I think there's some truth to that but I also think it just shows that he has a gift for loving yeah which I think especially in a world where he I mean things are just as wild for him and his family as far as the weather and the diseases right. that are in that area of the world and all of that that he is surrounded by but he's still able to be a softer gentler more loving person amidst Mm -hmm. all of that whereas every nobody else is like he's really the only one Isabella is probably the closest but she also just ends up in a position where she doesn't really she's I think between the fact that she doesn't really have anybody to focus that love on very well because she's betrayed by everybody. Mm-hmm. And also just being a woman. Like, she's a, she's less able to take control in a way that allows her to love people the right. way Edgar can. Kathy is raised away from Wuthering Heights and Heathcliff. She's never heard of either. And Nellie just helps her. But eventually she does end up running into Heathcliff while she's running around being a stinker. She runs off and makes nelly very angry she
1: definitely has a little bit of her mom in her yes
0: she definitely does i think she had she's definitely a mix of her mom and dad when it comes to like she's very she can be very manipulative and clever and stuff like her mom but she also has a greater capacity to love than her mom did she's definitely more in line with her dad on a lot of that Um, She has growing up to do that we see, but yeah, she definitely has.
1: She is definitely definitely an annoying annoying. preteen. Yes, Uh, yes. (laughs) But But I wouldn't say that much worse than any other annoying preteen.
0: So they have this interaction. She's all interested and she's like appalled that her dad would mistreat her uncle that way. She's (laughs) like, what? He's my uncle. Like we should be friends. Like we said, she's naive. And so whereas Edgar has learned, I can forgive and love in a general way from afar Kathleen's like no we gotta have like a relationship with them right. and be close i don't understand
1: and it shows that innate goodness too yes. she mm-hmm. has just She's that that light of Christ, and, yeah. that goodness in her that senses the injustice of like not having a relationship with a relation yeah mm-hmm. with family <laughs> yeah yes.
0: so isabella ends up passing away and so they, she had a son, like we mentioned earlier, whose name is Linton. And Isabella Linton Heathcliff. sends... Yes, Linton <laughs> Heathcliff. So she sends her son, has her son go to Edgar, obviously, as next of kin. And he's a very sickly young man. And so, which just makes me so curious to understand what Isabella was doing in London. Like, just in a general sense of, like, taking care of this like, sickly boy. And it, you get the sense she was probably overindulgent with him, like her parents were with her. Just If we're
1: talking about spoiled mm-hmm. brats, yes. oh my gosh. Linton
0: is very much a spoiled
1: I rat. actually like reading Linton's reading linton's dialogues is really probably the hardest part of this book for me where i'm like oh my gosh shut up and it's so (laughs)
0: hard because you're like you want to feel bad for him Uh, oh he's as much a victim of a lot of it's
1: he's entirely a victim oh my gosh but then he
0: becomes he continues the cycle of violence yes just he doesn't fight against against it yes he
1: falls right into it And he has Heathcliff in him, too. He has that natural, like, cleverness and manipulativeness. Mm -hmm. But then also his mom's, like, ability to be manipulated. (laughs)
0: And being a spoiled
1: brat. And being a spoiled brat. Yeah. It's like he has the worst of all of the traits. It's like Kathy is born with the best of Catherine and Edgar. You know? It's like her combo just makes her really strong you know she has the goodness of edgar but then also like the feistiness of catherine but it's always outweighed by like this sense of of justice and mercy you know she's really and then linton just has like the worst of heathcliff and isabella and he's just awful i can't stand him but also he had no chance (laughs) like he's born chronically ill yeah and And then raised in a Terrible situation by a mediocre mom at best and then
0: who knows what she was doing to make a living right like, yeah like that he was surrounded by right
1: oh yeah you know he was raised horribly yeah
0: the best <sighs> that she probably could do <laughs> just to add in like oh yeah no judgment of Isabella but, like, like, the best that she could do in her situation for sure but still she like, made a bad
1: decision she dealt with the consequences as best mm-hmm. she could yeah. whatever mm-hmm. yeah
0: respect but yeah it definitely was not an ideal situation to grow up in
1: yeah no The the kid had had no chance, but at the same time, we all have our agency, and at the same time, it doesn't matter because I can't stand listening <laughs> to him. <laughs> awful. Yeah, so he comes, but Heathcliff is
0: like, "Well, he's my son, so I should have him, and technically, legally, he should." Yeah. So Edgar ends it's hard up to sending, fight against. Yep, Edgar ends up sending Linton away. To they try to hide like, him at first, right? Yeah. Edgar
1: tries to hide Linton's existence, but Heathcliff finds, but Heathcliff finds, out, finds out. He's Heathcliff. He'll
0: find yeah. a way. So, yeah, so he just literally that same night goes and gets him. And Linton's just there's gone. And Edgar is basically like, sorry, Kathy, you're probably never going to see him again. And Kathy's like, very much doesn't want that. It's his cousin. Her cousin. She's, She's like, like no. heck no. no! so she ends up sneaking off again to Wuthering Heights. <laughs> She's and so
1: freaking her it. mom. But
0: there's this <laughs> interesting, we see the beginning of her relationship with Hareton. Yes. Which makes me so, this is the one thing about her. That it's like, horrible. Oh, it makes me so angry. It's horrible. She treats him terribly. So bad. She basically finds out that he's also her cousin. And she's like, I am so appalled and disgusted that this creature basically is my cousin. He's not educated. He mm-hmm. doesn't know how to read. He and, speaks terribly. Yeah speaks he swears like a sailor yeah he's vulgar yeah he has a terrible accent
1: and is and, very vulgar
0: yes very low because yeah. that's what heathcliff wanted to do to Hindley and to Hareton. yeah and so she's very very nice not nice to him linton's also not very nice to him either he also doesn't respond very well but i don't mind as much because no. i feel like it comes from a place of him just not understanding and not being taught very well he's genuinely like like, kind of an idiot He doesn't want to be mean right he'll have a little bit of a temper but like you never get the feeling that he wants to be mean or that he wants to be a bad person like he wants he
1: he always leaves a situation he'll get mad but as soon as he gets mad and snaps he like walks away yes like Uh like hareton does the best out of anybody yes. at using his agency and taking what he has and turning it into something good. Mm-hmm. No, I'm man, maybe I'm just biased towards Harrington, yes. maybe, but I just okay. love the kid. Oh There's my like gosh. periodically
0: moments where I'm like, Ooh, Heriton, yeah. no stop but He yeah, says that never things. makes me as annoyed as the other two because no. they had better opportunities to know better. Okay, so then, just kind of jumping ahead, we see that Kathy ends up being tricked into this forced marriage with Linton. (laughs) So, it's pretty bad. Um, They kind of, Heathcliff forces Linton to court Kathy. And it become it comes to this point where you get the feeling Linton probably naturally would have been inclined to Kathy because she's just sweet and will take care of him and stuff. But because of Heathcliff's abuse, he doesn't want to do, like, it makes him afraid of his relationship with Kathy. Like, right. he becomes very, like, my dad just is forcing me, please, like, make it look like you're having a good time. Because if my dad thinks you're not having a good time, then he's going to come over here and whip me. Yeah. It's really, really bad.
1: So then it then. becomes manipulative between Linton and Kathy yes. as well. Because he's just... just worried about himself. Yes. He doesn't
0: care about that. The that she's gonna be abused too
1: that's our fatal flaw for Mm -hmm. linton is that he only cares about himself Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's not worried about anyone else
0: survival heathcliff actually ends up getting her into the house with an ellie and locks them in a room Mm -hmm. and it's like you're going to marry my son tomorrow morning and that's that basically and you're gonna be here and you are and so that's what happens she's forced to marry linton at that point she's really annoyed with linton and angry with him because she blames him for the whole situation and linton ends up then going on to continue the cycle of abuse more directly by being very unkind to her Mm -hmm. and treating her as an abusive husband where very like Oh, women kind of a yeah. attitude. No, Linton's awful. Yeah, he becomes all the way around absolutely terrible. Yeah, and yeah, continues that cycle of abuse. And then he ends up dying. Around the same time, her dad also passes away. Edgar passes away. And you get... I'm pretty sure you kind of get the feeling it's from a broken heart. Like, his daughter has been taken from her. Yeah. He never fully
1: recovers from Catherine, either. Like, he's always kind of mopey and quiet after that. Yes. And Mm -hmm. then, yeah, having... Cuts
0: himself off from the world even more. I don't
1: know how he doesn't go get Kathy back.
0: I think it's this case of like he didn't really know where she was and by the time he knew like she was married to Linton too late and as okay. far as laws go, that means she belongs to Linton right and therefore Heathcliff okay so there's legally he couldn't really do anything He just she, wasn't sure what had happened. For she too belongs long. to her husband. okay. she doesn't have anywhere else to be and then when Edgar dies because of Kathy's marriage to Linton now Heathcliff owns both houses. Yeah. Hence why he owns Threshcross Grange that Lockwood's renting from him.
1: And it's all just this giant, I mean, it's this plot of revenge against Edgar. And now he, who was kind of the basis, like, brought in, adopted orphan, is in charge of both families yeah. and their inheritances. Mm-hmm.
0: So then we have Lockwood, like, leave. And so he doesn't, that's kind of... Up to where he was at when he arrived, where we have this really uncomfortable situation. Kathy's not very innocent and nice anymore because she's been mistreated and is very miserable. And then we see Hareton is still miserable and Heathcliff is always miserable. So Lockwood leaves and then he ends up coming back like a year later, I think. And things have completely changed. So he talks to Nellie and she kind of fills him in on everything that's happened. And we find out that Heathcliff, basically after the death of Edgar and the death of his son, ends up kind of just being burnt out. Like he was just... You get the feeling he had probably more planned, that he could have just kept going mm-hmm. and torturing these two, but he kind of reached a point where he just was tired. And it's like, why? It never fulfilled him doing all of this. That's when he starts to starve himself, too. He stops eating, and they talk about overhearing him talking to someone in his room. That's probably Kathy's ghost. And then eventually he just dies it describes like this look on his face like he had seen someone and he was kind of at peace at the end yeah you
1: almost feel like heathcliff gets more than he deserves at the end of the novel Mm -hmm. a little bit it's like he dies and finally gets peace and then you know you have the spirits dancing together across the moors and you're like dang do i actually want heathcliff to be at peace and happy (laughs) like
0: his own version of heaven which i guess is like the plan of salvation like
1: that's true. They people, ended up where they felt comfortable. Up,
0: yeah, where they felt comfortable. And for wow. them, it was just them being together on the moors. That's okay,
1: sure I guess I'll just choose to see them as children of God, despite yes. the fact that Ouch. they're so awful.
0: Little, literally the devil incarnate.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's the devil incarnate, but not actually. <laughs> not actually. And he actually is a child of God and, does, and you know. He
0: kept his first estate. He earned, he
1: earned resurrection, he earned a body, and he earned resurrection, and he deserves to be where he feels comfortable with the decisions that he made here in probation.
0: And there's so <gasps> many things he misses out on, though. That's true. That's it's the true. Remember, they so miss it. out.
1: Yeah. They miss out. There's... Because of their choices. That's the whole
0: point of the plan of salvation is, yes, you end up when you're, where you're most comfortable, but there's so much you could have yeah, if you're willing could to... could end up
1: so much better trust off. ...trust God and do your
0: part. After this, so Kathy spends some time making fun of Harriton for not being able to read. Yeah, Kathy's kind of a a jerk. Yeah, she's she's kind of brash.
1: She's actually a mega jerk, because Harriton, like, has these books, and she straight up makes fun of him for even, like, trying and having these books, and it's kind of devastating.
0: But you get the feeling that once Nellie talks to her, like, I think it comes from more of a space of innocence and naivete Mm. over outrightly like
1: being mean like malicious. And she's very focused on herself and her problems in this moment. I think as soon as she's willing to open up and recognize that other people in this house are suffering as well, then she starts to kind of change and adjust her outlook. But right now it's just she's never experienced discomfort before, you know? (laughs) And she suddenly is in a really extreme way. And, like, how do you deal with that? (laughs) By lashing out at the people who are making you uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) It's almost like she was so sheltered that she never experienced, like, having that opposition or having something to make fun of or think less of really. She doesn't know how to handle it. And so she doesn't know how to handle it in a healthy way. And then when she is introduced to that idea, she sees Heathcliff and Linton treating people terribly. Yeah. And so she she has her mom in her
1: that is this negative influence, but then she's also been raised in this really positive environment. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of these warring sides of her, but I think Ultimately, especially when Nelly points out like it's not fair of you to make fun of him when he hasn't had the opportunities you have. Yeah. And and especially I think like once Kathy really gets to know Heathcliff and then And yeah, recognizes like you said, his open, evil. Yeah. And then like you says like open to other people's problems, yeah. other people are suffering too. I think that's when she's like, Oh yeah, like I know Heathcliff and I'm sure Heriton has experienced way worse than I even have. Right. With just looking at him and watching him, and so when Lockwood comes back, he finds her teaching him how to read. So cute, and in a really cute, like cozy way. Like they're so cute. <laughs> they are romantically involved at that point. Like Harrington's kind of—he's still a little bit rugged, but like he's get growing out of that and becoming a little more educated and like a yeah. little more gentlemanly. Because
1: he never wanted to be Cleaned that way. Yeah. He wants to mm-hmm. be a gentleman. He just yeah. never had the chance to yeah. be. <laughs> Heathcliff
0: just manipulated everything around him to the point where he didn't even realize what he was missing yeah. until Kathy showed up. Right. It's kind of interesting because it's kind of like that when parallel. Catherine met Edgar and mm-hmm. the Lintons being like, oh, this is a whole other way of life.
1: And she wants something else. And yeah. Kind of
0: came full circle, but in a much more healthy and positive way. Yeah. Because yeah. she's so still stuck on balance. Heathcliff,
1: whereas he never appreciates that kind of baser side of things. Well, maybe he has because he has this like admiration and respect for Heathcliff, so maybe he actually has that that ability that you've been talking about Mm. to love and move on. He has this admiration for Heathcliff, but also recognizes that that's not the way that he wants to act, and so he's able to kind of forgive and move on and just become better without dwelling on this abuse.
0: Yeah, I, in that same talk, she describes how Christ made a way for us to let go of a vengeful heart. Mm. That way is through forgiving, which can be one of the most difficult things we ever have to do, and one of the most divine things we ever experience. On the path of forgiveness, Jesus Christ's atoning power can flow into our lives and begin to heal the deep crevices of the heart and soul. And I think we really see that inheritance of, like, he... Allows a more divine love to enter his life.
1: Yeah.
0: And that makes it possible for him to let go of a vengeful heart that has been held on to through generations. For sure. And has created so much pain and suffering. And Kathy's able to do that too. She's able to let yeah. in that forgiveness, forgiving of Hareton's of behavior towards her as well. And so they're able to have this much more healthy and positive bond that's more focused on improving themselves as opposed to kind of tearing each other down and keeping each other from really becoming who they could
1: yeah no it's uh I mean it really does just come down to to that to just letting the savior in and just moving on I mean it's such a a seriously easier said than done thing you know like it's so easy to say like let the savior in and move on but that's what they have to do i mean they have to open their eyes they have to see other people's problems see they see each other's potential yes rather than than where they're at right now you know Mm -hmm. and the their previous generations just couldn't do that as well as them even edgar like has a hard time forgiving isabella you know for running away and and yeah. yeah, yeah. Very stuck in the past. Even that not being able to move on from Catherine and um, and focusing less on maybe even putting Kathy at a disadvantage. You know, if he, she had been warned and understood her her history and her heritage, maybe none of it would have ever happened. You know, yeah. Just just this very like looking backwards, whereas Christ is looking forwards, and and Kathy and Harrington are somehow literally against all odds which is what the savior allows us to do right he allows us to overcome all of our circumstances and all of our biases and all of our flaws and problems through his help to like miraculously forgive and move on and look forward
0: Mm -hmm. and i love too that it is going back to our healing of families like It's not just these two individuals becoming better and healing themselves. They have this little family now. Like, it's them, and then they have Joseph, and they (laughs) have Nellie and Zilla. They Mm -hmm. have people around them who are, like, they're bonded together now, and they're able to move forward as a group. Yeah. And all heal together and honestly it allows even the previous generations in the next life they're kind of allowed to heal too like yeah. it's not this these consequences aren't continuing on forever yeah where they easily could have and that's because of Christ's ability to allow that to happen to enable that to happen
1: well, I say all the time that like they redeemed the houses that's kind of how I yes. see it a lot it's mm-hmm. like you have this previous generation that did so many awful things and tore down, like, the legacy of these two families and homes could have been utterly destroyed. But because of the way that they're woven together, and because of the way that Kathy and Harriton come, it's literally an Earnshaw and a Linton. Hareton Earnshaw, and Kathy Linton. Like, it's the, the heirs of Wuthering Heights and Thrushcross Grange. I mean, like, they redeem the whole family. They take two families that destroyed each other and instead just create a new, good family. (laughs) Mm Like, they redeem the whole story and create a more positive future. Now, we'll have Earnshaws and Lintons filling both houses that are living happier and better than anybody ever would have expected based on previous actions and experiences.
0: It just goes beyond individual salvation. It's about family exaltation as well. Alright, there's up, up there, there's Wuthering Heights. We love it so We've much. We've been
1: so excited.
0: So, so much. Um, it will be very interesting to see how long these episodes of this are when I've edited it down. Right now it's like two and a half hours, but a lot of that was pausing and eating food. And tangenting. <laughs> <laughs> you guys tangenting. Have seen that and tangenting and things that I'll probably, like, are all over the place and we'll probably cut down to keep it as concise and direct it. as possible I'm sure you can but cut out
1: at least yes, half an hour <laughs>
0: at least I'm sure it'll be even more but um, yeah we hope you enjoyed thank you so much for watching listening don't forget to subscribe and leave a like or a 5 star review depending on if you're watching on YouTube or on only
1: 5 on stars the we don't want anything yes, else
0: we don't <laughs> Save your four stars. We don't need it. Also, follow us on Instagram. Like I mentioned at the beginning, this is that's where you'll find out anything that goes on. If I have another like Tory surgeries, a second appendix, <laughs> <just> kidding. <laughs> they didn't get it all, and need to go in again. I don't know um, if Ariana ends up joining my club of. being appendix list. everyone pray that doesn't happen if
1: I end up with an IV in me who knows what I'll do it will
0: be this moment I jinxed it anyway but yes anything we'll let you know on there plus just upcoming episodes are posted on there and other things and it's just a good old time also if you're interested in seeing what I'm reading just in general you can check out my channel Good Strong Words on YouTube I do have several Victober videos over there so if you're wanting a little bit of that you can check that out as I said, I will try to remember to link Katie's channel down below. So if you're interested in learning more about October, you can go to that. And yeah, I think that's all from us. So we hope you are having a wonderful week. Keep remembering to see God in all things. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.